Turn with me, if you would, to Galatians, the sixth chapter. And let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing this morning. Galatians, the sixth chapter. And I'm going to read to you about uh, four verses here, um, three or four verses. He says in the seventh verse, now I've preached on this before, but this is a totally different message. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due time, in due time, or in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Again, Father, we're so thankful that you go with us. We're so thankful for your word. We're thankful, Lord, that you've given it to us. I'm thankful, Lord, that you gave it to me and and, and you give me the, the unction to preach it. And, Lord, all these years, and, Lord, I pray that you'll continue to uphold me and continue to keep me going for as long as you see fit to use me. Now, Lord, I just pray for those that are here today, Lord. I I pray for those that are sick, Lord, and and I, I pray for those who aren't here. Lord, I pray that if, if they could have been here and they just didn't come, Lord, I pray for them. I pray, Lord, to see fit to go with them. Thank you, Lord, for everything. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> the title of my message today is Reaping what is sown you know you all, all I can say uh, you make your own life you make your life you 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 make your miseries uh, you make your life in the sense that uh, that whatever you whatever you sow in life that's what you're going to reap when you get my age you start reaping it believe me I know that to be the truth you start reaping it, you know. It, you're going to reap it before you leave this world. And so that's that's why this is important. Now, I don't know how many people really believe this text. You might say, well, I really believe it. Believe this text. I believe it to be true. But it is very clear to me that if we believe this text, that we would be very careful to what we do that is against God's word. It, it, it's, it's amazing that, uh, uh, that that's, that's what we would do if we really believe this text. If you really believe this text to be true, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe some people don't care, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some people just, just don't care, but uh, I'll tell you, this is, this is how I see it. <clears throat> We, uh, chapter 5 of Galatians states, turn, look back there, chapter 5, and, and this is uh, uh, just, it should be right there on it. Chapter 5 in verse 17 says, chapter 5 and verse 17 says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other. 
so that ye cannot do the things that you would. So there's going to be that constant battle there in, in, in life. And as far as we concern, you know, what, what we sow, there's going to be a constant battle against sowing and a constant battle against reaping. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. No, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations. You know what that word emulations means in, in the original text? That word emulations comes from a word which means uh, uh, to compete, competitive. You know, we, uh, we've got to be careful about com- competing in the world, competing with, with our neighbors, competing with, uh, with others as far as life is concerned. That's what that word emulations means. Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Envians, murders, drunkenness, reveling, revelings, and such like of which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Now that's just, that's as plain as you can get. But the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits, we'll, we'll be talking about this later on in the message, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory and provoking one another, envying one another. Now, that goes right along with what we're talking about right now. The fact is that, you know, the warnings are in the scriptures, folks. I, I don't know how to say this any, any differently. The warnings are there. As, as I've said, I know Paul used one of my favorite sayings down there in the 21st verse of that fifth chapter when he says, I've told you before, but I'm going to tell you again. And that's the same way it's been over the years. I've told you before, but I'm going to tell you again, you know, that, uh, that, that these things are the truth of the word and, and, and they're there. They're there to understood. The contrast is between unsoundness and soundness. You know, unsound people are not going to live for the Lord. But sound people who believe the truth and believe the truth of the word, they're going to live for the Lord. They, they just are. They're, they're going to live for the Lord. And, and that, that's, that's a contrast we have here is against soundness and unsoundness between the lowest form of living and the highest form of living. This, this is where we are in this day and time. You know, we, we can choose the lowest form of living, you know, and that's just doing uh, whatever we feel that uh, uh, that we need to do, just enough that we, we feel that we need to do. That's the lowest form of living. 
But the highest form of living is doing what the Lord would, would have us to do. So we have a choice between that in this day. And I think, uh, you know, the Bible plainly says that, uh, that choose you this day whom you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And, and that's, that, that's your choice. It really is. It's your choice as to how you're going to live your life. Now, we can't say we keep one of the elements of what we spoke of here and ignore the rest. There is no law that says we can divide them up. There's no law in the Bible says that you can say, well, I'll, I'll, I'm happy and that's, that's fine. And then I'll just, the rest of it, I don't know. Or I'm, I try to live in peace. And I try to live a gentle and good life. And uh, for us to say that we, we, we do those things, there's no law. The Bible says there's no law that backs that up, no law that breaks those down. There's no law that says that, uh, that you can do one and you don't have to worry about the others. But some people are very happy with just doing one or two of these things. And, and they brag about it. They boast about it. This the fact is, well, I, I'll say one thing, you know, they'll say, I'll say one thing, uh, I'm happy, and I'll say one thing that I love everybody, or I'll say one thing that, that, that I try to be good to everybody, I'll say one thing, I have faith, but what about the rest of them? What about the rest of them? What about temperance? Temperance is when we stay away from things. Temperance is when we when we when we let things when we don't uh, abhor the things of the world. What about that? What what about uh, what about meekness? You know we we don't have very many meek people in this day and time. You know it, it's it's amazing how that is, but it is. The text is an an unadulterated law. The text that I just gave you is an unadulterated law. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. There cannot be, there cannot be, I'm, I'm sorry, they cannot be altered to fit our need. You, you, you can't alter this text to fit your need. In other words, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You know, when the sower went out to sow, he sowed good seed, but there was some bad seed that got in there too when he sowed the bad seed. And, and, and the bad seed were, were the tares. And, and the tares grew up with the good seed. And they were there. Well, that's just like it is today. You know, the tares are growing up with the wheat today. And, and, the, and the Lord said, leave them alone. Because he said, if you try to uproot them and you try to, uh, you try to change them. I've, I've told so many people over the years. They'll say, well, I'll change them. You won't, they'll change you. You, you won't do it. You, you won't do it. You know, I, I, I've told our young people over the years, and you folks know this, with, you know it without a shadow of doubt. I've told young people over the years, you go out there and you live your life as, as one of the Lord's people, and others will follow you. But you know what we do today? We want to follow others. We, we don't we don't want we don't want others following us. We want to follow others. 
We want to do what they do. We, we want to do the same things that they do. And that's a sad part. That's a sad thing. That's sad living. That's sad living. It is. It is when, when we want to do what others do. You know, when we want to follow others and do what they do. No, if you're, if you're one of God's children, and I, I don't know of a young person that's in this building today. I'm talking about young people. I'm talking about teenagers and such. And it's, that has not made a profession of faith. They, they, have, they have made a profession of faith, and, and, and by doing that, they, they have chosen to live a life following the Lord Jesus Christ. But you go out there and live that life following Christ, other people will follow you. They sure will. I, I'm, I'm proof of that. There, there's a time when, when I followed everybody in the world. There's a time when if, if somebody was doing something I liked, I followed them, and I did it. If, if somebody was drinking, I wanted to drink with them. Somebody was cussing, I wanted to curse with them. If somebody was doing this or that, I wanted to do it with them. But after the Lord saved me, I learned one thing after the Lord saved me, that people will follow you if you follow the Lord. And, and I, I've been doing this going on 54 years and, and, and some next year will make me if I live that long enough would be 54 years I've been pastoring and uh, I'm in my 53rd year of pastoring right now and I've learned this I've learned this if, if you follow the Lord they'll follow you Apostle Paul said that also Apostle Paul said follow me as I follow the Lord and, and you'll do that but but you know what we got today? We've got people that want to go where their neighbor's going. We got people want to go where the rest of people go. And the Bible warns about that. The Bible warns about following the multitude to do evil. And we want to do that, though. Every, everybody's going here. Well, I want to go, too. Everybody's doing this. I want to do it, too. I don't see why I can't do it. I can tell you, I've got my two girls are here today, and how many times have they come in and asked me if they could do something, and I told them, no, you can't do it. Well, so-and-so's doing it. So-and-so's doing it. Why can't I do it? So-and-so's doing it. Uh, so-and-so's, the so-and-so happened to be a preacher. His daughter's doing it. Why can't I do it? Well, folks, let me tell you, folks, that's that's not a, that's not the way the Lord teaches us to live our lives. As I said, this text is, is, an, is an unadulterated law. This is the law of God that says, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's a New Testament law. That's a law that comes straight from, from God in the New Testament days. You know, in the old, this is not an Old Testament law. This is a New Testament law. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, as we said. You know, you can't change it to fit your own need. The harvest we get will depend on how much we know and how much we sow. That's what our harvest will depend upon. When you get older, I tell you, folks, as I get older and older, I tell you, it gets, I guess you could say it gets a little more scary as you get older. It really does. It gets a little more scary as you get older because you realize I saw where uh, uh, somebody uh, country music uh, songwriter just died 77 years old 
and I'm headed that way. I don't know how old was the, the lady that just died at school. Well, she was in her 40s, wasn't she? Or something. 41. You know, if I, if I was to ask, ask how many of you are 41 and over, there'd be a lot of you re-raising your hands. You know, and, 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 and it is a fact, folks. It is a fact that uh, we're going we're gonna to reap whatever we sow. I remember, I'm going to tell this story, and uh, I've told it before, but one Wednesday night I was preaching at Calvary Baptist in Cynthia, Kentucky when I was pastoring up there, and this young boy was sitting right about, about where Shelly and him sitting. He was sitting with his girlfriend, and they were in church that Wednesday night, and I was preaching on hell and damnation. And he stood up. He stood, this young man stood up, and he said, I don't want to go to hell. And I, I, I had opportunity to personally witness to him while he was standing up during that message. I told him, I said, I don't know who you are. I didn't. But I said, uh, you don't have to go to hell. I said, the Bible says if you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then, then you will, you will go to heaven. To, to something like that, as I said it. And he looked at me. He said, "I can't do that." He said, "I can't do that." He said, "I can't trust the Lord." He said, "I can't do that." Well, you'll say, "Well, there's a lot of people out there would maybe tell you they can't do that too." But let me tell you what happened. He left church at Wednesday night. About three blocks from the church, he had a wreck and got killed. Now, you think about that for just a moment. About three blocks from church, he had a wreck and got killed. Now, that young man stood up, that young man that got killed about 30, 15, 20 minutes after he left church, stood up and said, I don't want to go to hell. And he, he didn't heed the warnings. I, I witnessed to him. I witnessed to him while I, was, I, while I was standing in the pulpit. I witnessed to him. And he stood up. Everybody else was sitting down. He was standing up. Now, that just goes to show you, folks, I don't know what was on his mind when he stood up. I don't know what was bothering him, but I do know one thing was bothering him. He didn't want to go to hell. But he didn't know that he was his life was about to come to a close. The seeds of thought, the seeds of thought are sown in the word in words and deeds. Peter states, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. That's us. If, you, if you're born again today, if you're truly born again, you better be sure of these things. I'm going to tell you, folks, as, <coughs> as I get older and older, I, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to get worse and worse when it comes to being sure. 
when I'm preaching. You better be sure of these things because the day will come when you're going to be knocking on death's door and then you're going to say, well, I don't know if I'm saved or not. That's going to be a terrible thing. God didn't save us to be corruptible. The seed we sow is to be that of the same kind with which we were saved. We're to, we're to sow that kind of, the seed that was sown to us as a child, of, and when we became a child of God, is the same seed God expects us to live when we're saved. He don't expect us to live corruptible lives. He expects us to live incorruptible lives. He expects us to live lives that are that are toward for Him, toward Him, and for Him. God didn't save us to be corruptible. The soil that we sow the seed in is either fleshly or it's spiritual. Now you have a choice this morning. You can you can sow. You really do. You have a choice this morning. You, some people say, "Well, I want a choice." Well, you have a choice this morning. I'm giving you a choice. You can either sow to the flesh. You can sow to the desires and the and and the things that makes the flesh happy, or you can sow to the spirit, which a lot of people are not very happy when it comes sowing to the Spirit. As, as old brother Bob Hogan, one of the finest black men I've known, I led him to the Lord many, many years ago. He's gone on to be at the Lord now. Old brother Bob Hogan would say, what do you, he, he would say uh, what he does, you know, he'd say, I go to church, I study my Bible, I do these things, and he, he would testify that. And somebody asked him one time, said, what do you do for fun? What do you do for fun? He said, I serve the Lord. He said, that is my fun. That is my fun thing is to serve the Lord. Is your fun thing to serve the Lord? You ever, you ever find yourself, you can't wait to get in the house of God? Oh, I see how people come in. I know. I can't wait to get in there. I can't wait for the services to start. <clears throat> we must at all times sow to the Spirit which each of us have indwelled within us. If you're saved, you have the Spirit within you, directing you, leading you every day. Let me tell you, folks, if you're saved, you know when you do something wrong. You know when you can. And if, if, you, if you act like you don't know, God will show you that you did something wrong. man told me here sometime back, he said, I'm afraid of, of the sins of omission. I said, don't be afraid of sins of omission. I said, God let you know if you, if you didn't do something you were supposed to do. God will, God, will, God will let you know if you do something that you're not supposed to do. That's the way your life is lived. That's your life. That is your life. Your life is living to the Spirit. That which is in you, which is there, which is planted in you, it's going to be there 
until the day that the Spirit leaves this flesh, it's going to be there. When you, when you die, when you pass away, your spirit and your soul is going to leave your flesh and you're going to be nothing but an empty carcass. Be nothing but an empty carcass. Do we realize that when we sow to our, our carnal self, that we sow to our own corruptible self-pleasing? Well, this is what I love to do. This is what I want to do. Well, that's pleasing yourself. Going to church right now doesn't please me. As I come to church today, I saw a man was unloading his mower. He was getting ready to mow a yard today. And I said to myself, well, that man right there is not preparing to go to church. He's going to mow a yard and make him a little bit of money this morning. I know there are times we may have to work on Sundays. I know that. I work every Sunday. I know there are times when we may have to work on Sunday. But let me tell you, folks, we don't do it because we want to. We do it because our job expects us to work on Sunday, on the Lord's Day. Lord's Day is the Lord's Day. That's the day the Lord made for you. He made it for his children. God made the Lord's Day for his children. And he expects his children to... <coughs> Excuse me, he expects them to honor the Lord's day and keep it. Now there is a solemn reminder given from the law of sowing and reaping. A solemn reminder. What is that solemn reminder? Be not deceived, God is not mocked. You can't mock God and get by with it. You can't tell God what he should do. You can't tell God that he should look at you. And see that I do everything the best way I can. That's mocking God. That's, that's getting God to try. You're trying to get God to condone what you're doing. And God will never condone it. Oh, you preacher may condone. Your preacher may just walk off and not say nothing to you. you, you your family may just walk off and not say nothing to you. But not God. God doesn't condone anything you do that's, that is to please your, your flesh. God is not mocked. God will never let any of us who ignore his teachings to gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles. God will never let that happen. He'll, he'll, he'll never let that happen. He'll never let it happen in your life. You, you'll say, well, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily go to church, but God does good things for me. God does good things for me. Well, let me tell you, folks, God provides for every one of his creation, <clears throat> even the little animals. Even the bugs that crawl on the floor, the snakes that crawl in the woods, 
God provides for them. God provides for all of his creation. The animals live by living off of maybe other animals, but God created them to do that. God provides everything. You'll say, well, <clears throat> this good thing happened to me. Like I told somebody one time, I've told this before, a fella came to me after, after we had a baptism. He came to me and he said, well, I know I'm one of God's children. He said, I went to Vietnam came back alive. And I said, how many others have gone to Vietnam come back alive? He said, a lot of them. I said, you believe every one of them are saved? He said, yeah. Now, that's what he believed. He believed that in his heart. And more than likely, he'll go to his death. That fellow was, uh, I, I was about 20, when he told me that, I was about 23, 24 years old when he told me that. And he was about the same age I was. So he's about the same age I am today. And I bet anything, unless the Lord has changed him, he still believes. Because he went to Vietnam, came back alive. He's going to heaven. No, you can live on those things. As I've said before, you know, you can spend all your life trying to convince yourself that you're going to go to heaven. You can be like the fellow as I tell about. He says he prays every day to be saved. And he asked me, he said, do you pray every day to be saved? I said, no. I said, Lord saved me many years ago, and I don't have to pray every day to be saved. You know, God's not mocked, folks. You'll say, well, why, why are all these things coming up on me? Why am I like this now? When I think of this pandemic that's going around, why am I scared to death? Well, I ask myself that question, too, a lot of times. I know I shouldn't be afraid, but I am. I am afraid of it. I tell you, when I go in that Walmart store, I look like a mummy. Some people think that's crazy, but I do. I put on two, I put on two masks. I put on a pair of sunglasses that wraps around all, all sides, and, I, and a lot of times I wear a cap. I won't keep it out of my head. But let me tell you, folks, we should all realize God's going to take care of his children. He's going to take care of them. Most certainly, the self-lived life will never produce the fruit of the Spirit. If you, live, if you live your life to yourself, you'll never produce the fruit of the Spirit. God is not going to be put to shame by our indifference and our unbelief to his great eternal law of his, or the great eternal law of his God, of his word. God's not going to be put to shame over that. God, God's not ashamed of anything he says in here. God's not ashamed of a thing that is written in this book. God's not ashamed of it. God's not ashamed to say, 
Well, yeah, honey, I, I know I wrote that in there, but, but I probably shouldn't have. God's not going to say that. You think when I stand before God someday, he's going to recognize, you know, that I'm just, I'm just a poor soul that don't know what to do. How many people are going to stand before the Lord someday and they're going to say, Lord, I just don't know what to do. I don't know, Lord. He's going to, he's going to question you. Every one of you, every one of you, including me, we're going to stand before the judgment and God's going to question us. He's going to question us about every moment that we sat in Landmark Baptist Church and went right out and did the things just the opposite of what we were taught. Are you going to question us? Are you going to question your parents about how you raised your children? He's going to question you children by the way you lived your life. He's going to question grandparents by the way they let their children go and do. He's going to question you. God's going to question you someday about all those things. Believe me, he is. Remember, the child of God who sows to the Spirit reaps life everlasting, the Bible says in verse 8. The child of God who sows to the Spirit will reap life everlasting. Now let me close this message with a word of encouragement. Here's a word of encouragement. A word of encouragement is, and and I'm sorry, and let us be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let me tell you, it's a long life. It's a long life. I was saved at 22 years old. It's been a long life since I was saved. And I have tried my best not to faint. I've tried my best not to want to get out of it. The life that God gave me when, when I was saved, God saved me in, in, in March of 19. Uh, uh, 67. He called me to preach in May of 1967, and I pastored my first church in August of 1967. Oh, you can't get out of living, not living for the Lord. You can't. If you live, if you live to the Spirit, you can't get out of it. You've got to live the way the Lord wants you to live. If you live to the Spirit, He won't let you live any other way. We were taught in the military, as Brother Sam will probably uh, agree to, we were taught in the military to never give up. Brother Sam knows what you're supposed to do. If you got captured, if you, if you got captured, you'd give your name, rank, and serial number. That's it. You'd never give in, and you, and you, and you promise that if, if they put you in uh, confinement, after you get captured, you're going to look for every second to get out of there. Well, that's the way it is with us right now as God's children. You know, we never give up. We never give up. It's like the picture I saw one time of this, uh, this um, stork was swallowing this frog, and this frog had this stork around the neck holding on to his neck so he couldn't swallow him. And it said, never give up. Never give up.
Any, anybody that's ever been in a good fist fight knows you don't give up. The minute you give up, you're going to get whipped. You don't give up. That's the same way it is in living this life that the Lord has given us. We never give up. We never say, Lord, I've had it. I'm done. I'm finished. You never give up. You will never know the outcome till you have run the race, fought the battle, and won the war. You'll never, out, you never know the outcome of it. That was the Apostle Paul who said that very thing. He said, I've run the race. I fought the battle. Now I'm ready to be offered up. Why do you think Paul said something like that? Because he did. Paul stayed in there. Paul never gave up. Paul, not one time, as I heard somebody say, uh, I can't remember, I was listening to somebody preach a message on, uh, on live streaming that I listened to here a while back. I don't remember if it was Sam Wilson or somebody I was listening to. Uh, they, they were saying that uh, uh, Paul, I believe it's Sam Wilson, was saying that the Apostle Paul walked almost blind, told how many miles we would have walked today if we walked that same thing that Paul walked. Thousands of miles, thousands of miles that Paul walked and almost blind to go and preach to those people as a missionary. Let me tell you, folks, never give up. Never give up. Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. And that's exactly what some people do. It's nothing. Might I say, are you in Christ? Or are you without him? If Reggie will come up and...